1: This week on Parents are Hard to Raise, health and wellness expert Dr. Felice Gersh is back with more great advice to keep our aging parents and us living our lives to the fullest. Join 180 million monthly subscribers who can now listen to Parents are Hard to Raise on Spotify.
0: are hard to raise. Helping families grow older together without losing their minds. I'm elder care expert Diane Barardi. Longtime listeners will recognize my next guest, mostly because she's among my favorite guest medical experts. Dr. Felice Gersh is a true pioneer in her field, a rare combination of an award-winning physician, double board certified both in OBGYN and integrative medicine, and a tireless champion of women's health. She holds degrees from Princeton University, the University of Southern California School of Medicine, and the University of Arizona School of Medicine. Dr. Gersh serves as medical director of the Integrative Medical Group of Irvine, California. She also writes and speaks internationally on integrative medicine and women's health. You can hear her weekly broadcast, A Healthy Perspective, on KRLA Radio AM 870 in Los Angeles. Felice, welcome back to Parents Are Hard to Raise.
2: Well, hi, Diane. I'm so happy to be back, and I hope everybody is well. Yes, everyone's
0: doing well. Thank you. And this is an exciting time for you. Uh, Your new book just came out, so could you tell us the title of your book and tell us about your book?
2: Well, I am very excited. It is my first book, and it's a labor of love. It's a topic I'm very passionate about. It's the most common endocrine disorder of women called polycystic ovary syndrome, and the name of my book is PCOS. Because that's what um, polycystic ovary syndrome is referred to. Is PCOS SOS? A gynecologist lifeline to naturally restore your rhythms, hormones, and happiness. So it's it's really about dealing with. Every kind of medical issue, it really, it wrapped up into one body. That's wow. really what polycystic ovary syndrome is. It's it's a body wide condition which has been under diagnosed, under treated, under acknowledged, and it's it's just time for it to come out from the shadows and be yeah. talked about, be properly treated.
0: That's wonderful. So, um, how many women around the world does this affect?
2: Well, I'm so glad you have mentioned around the world because it is actually a worldwide problem, and because nobody keeps exact data, right. it's anywhere from below of 10 percent to in the U.S. as high as 25 percent. I think it might be even higher into the uh, 30 to 40 percent range, and it's one of those conditions that really is just not talked about enough because it's not a pretty condition in a way. You know, it's not glamorous. Um, and not that any disease is glamorous, but right. it's a condition where 80% of the women who suffer from polycystic ovary syndrome are overweight or obese. They often have hair loss, so we call that, um, alopecia. Right. And they often have cystic acne and facial hair and other body hair that women don't want, and that's called hirsutism. So that is, you know, obviously cosmetically a problem, but it goes so far deeper than just cosmetics, which, of course, is big in itself. It involves every organ system, really. It, it, it's often recognized as a problem involving menstrual cycles, because they often are very irregular or even absent. And, of course, that is accompanied by fertility problems and also high complications in pregnancy of everything, the preterm delivery and gestational diabetes and hypertension and preeclampsia. So all the different complications of pregnancy and higher rates, like I said, of miscarriage. So the reproductive standpoint, it's really devastating for women. But it goes so far beyond that, and this is what is it's often not recognized either, is that it's a condition involving the whole metabolic system of a woman. Right. And she's often suffering from insulin resistance and has a much higher rate of developing diabetes and hypertension. And high lipids, you know, cholesterol and triglycerides. So it's just a total metabolic issue. And then on top of that, they have higher rates of arthritis and irritable bowel syndrome wow. and like Hashimoto's thyroiditis and lupus and Crohn's disease, and higher rates of several kinds of cancers and a lot more problems with emotions, depression, anxiety, oh my sleep gosh. problems. Yeah. So you can see how this is an overwhelming problem. And in the conventional medical world, doctors are divided into organ systems, which is really a problem. When you have a medical condition that spans many organ systems, you have a patient who goes from doctor to doctor. Right. And depending on what she sort of feels is her worst symptom, that's who the doctor she ends up with. And so you, know, you can end up on many different medications, typically metformin and bironal lactone and birth control pills and that which is a real big problem because women with polycystic ovary syndrome have higher rates of developing blood clots and all these other manifestations which are also increased by the birth control pill. And the reason I really wanted to talk about this is because you can look at it across so many different spectrums. So virtually every one of your listeners know somebody, whether they know it or not, they know some woman who either has PCOS and hasn't been diagnosed or has been diagnosed, because many women walk around undiagnosed, or they have relatives or friends that of their own friends, because it's such a common problem. Remember, it's the most common problem. And many of your listeners may have daughters who have this problem, and they themselves have had this problem, maybe wasn't even diagnosed if they think back, Well, when you were having the reproductive years, if you're already in menopause, did you have irregular cycles? Did you have these problems with facial hair and fertility and so forth? So there's many women that were not diagnosed, and the problem is it's increasing in incidence. And the reason is because we live in a world filled with a lot of chemicals, and the chemicals interfere with the way our normal hormones work. So this is a lesson for every generation and every gender, because it really is sort of like the poster child for how exposures to endocrine disruptors, these chemicals that are really ubiquitous in our environment now, are impacting our hormonal systems, which are basically the control systems for all the metabolic functions of the body. And that's really the underlying reason for the increase and really almost explosion of polycystic ovary syndrome worldwide is the exposures to plastics like sphenol A (BPA) in plastic bottles and receipts and dental wow. sealants, and such and also phthalates, which are the sensitizers. The they make the um, they make plastic very soft and they also are scents. So they are a lot of fragrances that are in hair conditioners and shampoos and and such lotions. The things that they say fragrances, those are actually phthalates, and it's also in vinyl and other plastics. And people are exposed to these at every stage of life. Right. And when children are exposed in utero, when they're just being developed, when at critical times when they're developing hormone receptors, it can interfere with the way the body normally develops the, re- the receptors for hormones, and then later even the production of hormones. So endocrine disruptors which is what they're called. They disrupt every single potential aspect of hormones from the production to the distribution to the breakdown to the um, degradation and the elimination. So really every step of the way. And so everyone should be thinking about the impact of these endocrine disruptors that are everywhere. and Every single person, if we test their blood or their urine, they will have these these plastics and these endocrine disruptors in them, because they also include things like herbicides and pesticides and stain-resistant and sick-resistant and and all these you know um, things that are just everywhere. The yeah. things that are insulation and so forth that get into dust. So we're living in a world of these chemicals, and they're of course impacting on everyone, but particularly it's focused on certain genetically predisposed women during their reproductive years, but it doesn't end then because women who have polycystic ovary syndrome, remember, they end up with higher rates of diabetes and high blood pressure and cholesterol problems, all the cardiovascular risks. So when they hit menopause, those are not gonna go away. So they continue. So women can have much higher rates of having heart attacks and strokes and such when they get older when they've had PCOS during their reproductive years. So it's a huge problem that just hasn't gotten any focus. In fact, if you do a random you know, inquiry of people on the street, many of them will never have heard of PCOS. Right. So it's a lot of people's radar. And yet it's the most common endocrine disorder women, but it's really representative, like I said, of this problem of endocrine disruptors that are so pervasive in our environment, that we really really need to just take stock of this and then look at what we can do to alter you know, what we're doing. Like, maybe we can stop buying a lot of plastic water bottles. Right. Or, um, only buy, I recommend, for example, don't use chemical scents. You know, for example, um, things that say fragrance. You're much better off getting organic products. I know it can be a little more expensive, but actually they're becoming more common, because there's a growing demand for these things. So you can get organic shampoos made with aloe vera or natural flower scents, right? So, like, remember in the olden days, they didn't have chemicals to create smells. They right. had to use flowers and leaves, the things of nature, right. which are so much safer. Um, not that everything in nature is safe, but when you compare it to right. these plastic Um, that are now changing, they're changing the way the human body is evolving and functioning, and it's going to impact every single family. There's no question about it.
0: We're going to continue talking with Dr. Felice Gersh. But if you're a woman, or there's a woman in your life, there's something you absolutely need to know. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse, and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise and although Katie is only 5 feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her 6 foot 4, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless-looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise.
1: you're listening to Parents Are Hard to Raise. Now, thanks to you, the number one Care talk show on planet Earth. Listen to this and other episodes on demand using the iHeartRadio app. iPhone users can listen on Apple Podcasts and Android users on Google Podcasts. Want a great new way to listen to the show? Have an Amazon Echo or Dot? Just say, Alexa, play Parents Are Hard to Raise podcast. Getting the latest episode of Parents are hard to raise. Here it is from iHeartRadio. It's as simple as that.
0: You're right, Dolly. There are so many really cool new ways to listen to our show. It's hard to keep track. You can join the 180 million listeners on Spotify. You can listen in your car, at the gym, or pretty much anywhere on your smartphone with Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. You can get us on Apple TV, DirecTV, Roku. And like Dolly said, you can even ask Alexa to play the show for you. It's great because you don't have to be tied to a radio anymore. You can listen when you want, where you want, for as long as you want. And if you're listening to the show in one of these new ways, please do me a big favor. Share this new technology. Help someone else learn about the show and show them a new way to listen. So, Dr. Gersh, PCOS How can a person live with that? It sounds like it's another chronic condition that you have to try to manage throughout life. So what do people who are diagnosed do?
2: Well, the thing is, there's so many interesting things that we can do to help women with PCOS. So it really isn't as doom and gloom as it first sounded in the first half because we really do have ways to help. It turns out that when you have endocrine disruptors, it's the estrogen. It, it, it involves more than one hormone. Estrogen primarily is very key to metabolic health, which is male and female. Of course, males have plenty of estrogen. They make it on site in different organs. That's called paraquin, Whereas women also do that, but they make during the reproductive much more of their estrogen, of course, from their ovaries. Well, women with US do not make estrogen properly or receive it in the receptors properly. And what that does is it changes our circadian rhythm. The master clock in the brain has estrogen receptors and is very heavily controlled by estrogen. So it's like you're kind of drifting. So basically, women with PCOS are living a life of jet lag, which is the same as women in menopause. So when I talk about the treatments that we can do in terms of lifestyle, they're going to apply equally well to women in menopause, because they have a problem with circadian rhythm, they are sort of living a jet lag life because they don't make estrogen from their ovaries. And women with PCOS live a jet lag life because their estrogen isn't functioning properly, as well as they're not making enough. So there's this amazing parallel between yeah. women with PCOS and women in menopause. difference. <laughs> is also very apparent, of course, in that you're not you're dealing with reproductive issues, and women with P2S have higher levels of male hormones, testosterone, because testosterone is the precursor to estrogen, and the body is trying to make more estrogen, but instead it just makes more testosterone, it doesn't convert it properly, and that whole issue with the ovaries and testosterone doesn't exist in menopause, but if you take that part out, the metabolic dysfunctions are very similar. Think about what happens to women in menopause. They tend to get more high blood pressure, cholesterol problems, sleep problems, mood problems, and so on. So there's an amazing similarity. So here's the secret to helping both women in menopause and women with PCOS. It turns out that even though the master clock is drifting, it's not right on the beat. They have these, but I call it the backdoor way to get people back in rhythm it's called time-restrictive feeding or eating. So it turns out that every cell in our body has its own clock as well as the master clock. But the clocks, for example, in the GI tract and in the liver, they don't know if it's light or dark, but what they can tell is when you're eating. So if you eat most of your calories, and I know most people don't want to do this, but I'll give you optimal. Okay. If you eat most of your calories for breakfast okay. and a small dinner, I mean, you've heard this before, yeah. you know, this is not new, but it's new science, because somebody figured, you know, a lot of people figure things out just intuitively, and now we have the data to back it up. So if you eat a big breakfast, don't snack. Someone came up with this terrible idea, you should eat like every two hours yeah. and graze actually the worst thing you can do. So do not do that. So you want to get rhythm. You want to have the beat. So you want to feed at the same time, seven days a week, okay. and you want to eat a, a good-sized breakfast of healthy, whole foods, you know, actually vegetables. Think of breakfast as dinner foods. Forget breakfast foods, you know, the the conventional American breakfast foods. Don't eat those, you know, <laughs> just eat real foods. Uh, for food from the earth, we call farm to table, skip the factory, there's no middleman needed. So you eat a good-sized breakfast within two hours of awakening, then have a medium lunch and a small dinner, and try to stop eating by 7 p.m. Okay. And no snacks, and hydrate with teas, herbal teas and such, anytime you want. And it's amazing. They did a study in Israel with women with PCOS, and in just one month, where they ate two-thirds of their calories for breakfast, one-third for lunch, which leaves nothing, because they actually had a tiny little early dinner. In one month, their insulin levels went down by 50%, which is amazing. Amazing. Because when When high insulin drives so many of the problems that we have, that we face our metabolic situation in terms of diabetes and inflammation and gut problems and mood problems. So insulin is essential for life, but when it's Perpetually high, we can't burn fat. We can't create proper energy because insulin is all about making and storing fat. So if you have perpetually high insulin levels, you can't burn fat. Come a fat storage factory, you know. Yeah. Where you can use fat, but you can't use it. But you actually have an energy deficiency while you're swimming in an energy. Surplus, you know, so it's a, and that's what happens in women with PCOS. They have lots of body fat, and of course, they even it gets into their muscles and their liver, and they can even get you can even get fatty hearts. And and this happens to women in menopause yeah. as well. They, it drives the fat viscerally, so you know the belly fat, and and that's the worst kind of fat that you can have, highly inflammatory. So eating in a time restricted way. The other thing is. Trying to feed the gut microbiome, we always come back to the gut, right? But right? so it turns out that estrogen is also present in terms of receptor function throughout the gut. And when you lose estrogen, like women in menopause or women with PCOS, they have a totally different, abnormal microbiome. So they have the microbial population is altered in a very negative way, and they tend to get impaired barrier called leaky gut. And the toxins produced by the bacteria that are abnormal can actually pass into the body itself and stimulate the immune cells that are lining the gut to secrete their inflammatory products and create this chronic state of inflammation, which even drives insulin resistance even more. And these inflammatory particles, we call them inflammatory cytokines, can get into the brain and alter brain health and brain mood, you know, cognition, everything. So want to know. Or gut. So what can we do? We can eat foods that are phytoestrogens and soy. I have to defend soy now. Processed soy is not good, but organic, it has to be organic. Whole soy, whole whole means it hasn't really been turned into like fake meat. You know, you don't right. want to eat faux. Fo- you know, they call faux. Fo- don't use soy as faux fo- food. So you want to have like tofu or miso, that type of thing. You do not with tempeh. You do not want to, or the whole bean, you know, edamame, but don't eat soy pretending to be something else, you know, <laughs> soy ice cream or soy right. cheese or whatever. It's soy, it's just soy. And that is actually a good, healthy food. And then also flaxseed. And then all the polyphenols. These are like magical ingredients that helps bacteria to thrive and survive. So where do you get them? From fruits and vegetables. So you want to eat a lot of high-fiber foods as well because fiber is the food of the bacteria. They ferment it. So you want to eat lots of root vegetables and green leafy vegetables, like all the colors of the rainbow. So vegetables are your best friend. And then whole grains, but not processed. So they have to still be whole. So don't eat it if it's turned into flour. It can only be whole. So it's like a cereal, like a whole-grain cereal, like quinoa or millet. Or even corn is fine, but it has to be whole and it has to be organic. And I hate to have to keep throwing in organic, but the last thing you want are these these chemical herbicides, which is what is in the GMO and the non-organic foods. You don't want to eat pesticides and herbicides. Right. They're not for gut. They're not good for any part of you. So we used to just eat food, but now we have to always say organic, whole. You know, not processed. Right. <laughs> and study that showed that people who ate lots of what they call ultra-processed, and that's what, you know, is most of the food that's processed. It's not like it's in the, the, the original form. It's turned into something really different. So they call it ultra-processed. They have shorter lifespans. They have many higher disease states. So we don't want to eat that kind of food. And people who are in, women in menopause and women with PCOS, they have less reserve. So it's even more critical to not eat those kinds of foods.
0: So, what would be a good big breakfast? Like, what foods? I'm trying to think. I'm thinking, of course, you can't have bacon and eggs or
2: things, you know. Well, uh, actually, I would, in the beginning, I would leave. I'm glad you brought that up. You're always <laughs> thinking so, these great ideas. So, I actually recommend avoiding animal foods altogether and as close to vegan as you can. Not forever, just for like about three months, maybe six months. The reason is when you have the abnormal gut microbiome, it doesn't process animal properly, and it actually can turn it into pathogens and toxic intermediates. You don't want to eat animal until you get your gut healthier. So it's not intrinsically bad at all. If you eat um, healthy pork, you know, from a, you know, not processed or you eat, you know, free range, eggs and so on from a healthy chicken. Those are good foods, but not in the beginning because you can't properly process them. So, so a healthy breakfast could be a bowl, of, a good-sized bowl. I never count calories. Just eat healthy food. You know, that's the most important thing, and your appetite will become properly controlled in no time at all. So you could start the day with a big bowl of quinoa with some organic soy or almond milk. You can throw in nuts. And you can throw in some dried fruit, not a ton, but some, like dates or prunes. And you can throw in some whole fruit, you know, like fresh fruit. And you can have you can have like a tofu vegetable stir-fry. Ah, so you can okay. have a, a bed of quinoa or millet and then put sauteed vegetables on top. If you, if you just feel like I want something more breakfast like, I'm over that. I don't even think of breakfast foods. I, I think about if you go to a buffet on a Sunday, yeah. you know, like a, they have everything. They have salad, right? They right. have all kinds of vegetables and the chafing dishes. So think about every breakfast is more like Sunday brunch. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. You, you those brunch foods, and so you know, try to stick. And you know, a lot of cultures they eat stewed tomatoes, sautéed mushrooms for breakfast. So there's there's a lot of things, and and I'm not against whole grains. You could also do a chili, you know, a vegetarian chili with different kinds of beans, or you could have lentil soup. So the sky's the limit. You can just have to really stretch your imagination and think of dinner foods for breakfast and how you can, just think in a restaurant. They take any food and they throw an egg on it and they call it breakfast, right?
0: right? (laughs) That's right. You're right.
2: (laughs) Chop, breakfast, steak, breakfast, omelet, you know, it doesn't matter. So just take the egg out for the thing, not forever, and then eat the other thing, you know, and then just call it food. You know, just call it, meal you know, one, two, three. Right. <laughs> Forget the word. <laughs> and, 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 and you know what? You'll be feeling so much better. I have enabled people who can't lose weight. There are people that say, I can't lose weight, I can't lose
0: weight.
2: Yeah. and And getting them this great big breakfast, and then a very tiny dinner, no snacks, medium lunch, They're, because their insulin levels fall so rapidly, they can suddenly start to lose weight. If your insulin level stays high, you can't lose fat. Uh, you can't burn fat. So you're going to start losing weight eventually. If you, you know what you're going to lose? Muscle. Who wants to lose lean body mass? Right. You don't want to lose muscle. You can't even replace that. Then but you keep your fat. You've seen those people, right? They have big fat bellies yep. and skinny arms and legs. Yeah. Right. Like that's the exact opposite of what you want. You know, and a lot of times you see people they they lose weight but they lose all the wrong parts of them. You know, and they still have a big belly. Yeah. It's like because their insulin is so high. So women in menopause will inevitably in, like they did auto- automatically become somewhat insulin resistant. And that is inherent in women with PCOS. So by seeing the analogy, you can actually read my book and, and follow pretty much everything in it, even if you're a menopausal woman because there's so much the same between polycystic ovary syndrome and the menopause. And both are really harmful from a metabolic state. I mean, menopause is natural. It is what it is, but it's not good for us. No, women, women don't suddenly become blossoming with good health because they hit menopause you're right that that's way. right how can people purchase your book well it's very easy you just go on amazon and it's right there
0: and it's called pcos sos perfect that's it how simple How simple thank you so much felice this was a great show parents are hard to raise family i love getting your emails and questions so please keep sending them you can reach me at, at org or just click the green button on our homepage. Parents Are Hard to Raise is a CounterThink Media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. Our New York producer is Joshua Green. Our broadcast engineer is Well Gambino. And from our London studios, the melodic voice of our announcer, Miss Dolly D. Thank you so much for listening. Till next time, may you forget everything you don't want to remember. And remember everything you don't want to forget. See you again next week. See you again next week.